Welcome to the 8th Big Brother Canada 3 recap episode of You Are Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever, Canada hates him, it's Logan Saunders. I don't disagree with that statement. And our little witch, Ben Powell. Howdy. Bubble uh, Bubble Toil in Trouble? I don't know. You can tweet us, as always, using the hashtag Yattencast, or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So did we enjoy this week? Yep. Say what you will about Big Brother Canada's twists and how completely unfair they are, but at least they're executed in a very, very, like, TV-edited-well way. Yeah, there was a couple of things this week that I was like, uh, I would have done it a little bit differently. Like, I would have had Britney reveal that she had the power rather than Arissa, but they're only minor quibbles, I'm not going to lie. I would have rather that Britney stood up to do her speech and went, oh, by the way, guess what? I'm safe. So's Godfrey. Zach, Bruno, get your asses on the block. Yeah, I would have rather had her do it in the Matt Hoffman style rather than uh, just have Arissa tell them. Must anything from Big Brother 12 be repeated ever? Uh, There's some highlights. Again, you want some cookies? What? No. No means no, Michael. A thousand times no. Math in the shape of a lesser arrow. So, previously, Pokestar Kevin won HOH, nominated Britney as a pawn, and Bobby as his target. Fearing an all-girl alliance, Bruno fought for Bobby to stay, but it was all for nothing, as Bobby was evicted by a vote of 7 to nothing. Right after Bobby's eviction, the houseguests competed in the most crucial HOH so far, where they all brought their A-game, I love this pun, but it was B who came out on top and went... That was my pun from last week. They stole my pun. <laughs> and went from pawn to queen in one hour again. Yeah, I've, I just love that pun. It made me laugh, both when you said it and when the voiceover said it. Who who ha- who did it better, Michael? Oh, you a thousand times, Logan. Excellent. Good, good, good answer, good answer, as they say on Family Feud. Yeah, and cast loyalty. At the veto, Zach and Kevin kicked it into high gear, but Bruno won and saved Zach from nomination, leading to Willow being the replacement, and Pilu was saved by the house, and Kevin and Willow were sent to the jury. What were you going to say, Ben? No, I was just commenting on how, like, um, you know, I was like, oh, Logan, you did, so, you did so good. Just that. I was, going on for, I was going on for a while, so I was like, wrap it up, ladies, wrap it up. Yeah, he, he was sort of fishing for compliments. So as we predicted last week, we did get to see a bit more of the behind scenes from the triple eviction. Uh, so we saw Brittany and Sarah celebrating and deciding to nominate three of the Diaper Alliance. Which is still a terrible name. Oh, there's a better one this week. There's a better alliance formed that was only mentioned in one scene. And ended about ten minutes. Uh, Zach didn't even try and fight for his place with Brittany. And Bruno decides that he needs to get Kevin and Zach on his side to try and combat the girls' alliance. The non-existent girls' alliance? Yeah, the non-existent girls' alliance that Bobby orchestrated to try and get Willow out of the house, as we found out. But Bobby can thought it was about, true. Can we, talk, can we talk about the whole girl alliance thing? Yeah. Like, you know, in the, in the, whole, in the whole thing of reality television, reality television this week, there's, there's many words that it can be said about, you know, the whole thing. Women in... Women in sort of like strategic games. Like, how is it that like male alliances, Big Brother, in Big Brother US and Big Brother Canada, always seem to like go through go through the game unimpeded? And the, the women who there's always women who support that. But the moment the very concept 
of a female alliance comes up, it's like something that everyone needs to shut down immediately because it's so dangerous. And what is it about the whole concept of females ganging up and taking out the men that gets men so threatened, but women are expected to, you know, lay down and accept that from the men in nearly every single season of Big Brother in the US. I don't... It's a freakish double standard, and, you know, it's like... One of the reasons that I can't really call Big Brother Canada the best Big Brother series on the market because, you know, it's one of the... It's something that bled through from the US one. It's like... I. You know, you know me. You know my values and my what I like to see in my reality television. And what I don't like to see is women being ganged up on or taken out just for being women together. So yeah, any word to say on that? Or am I just rambling? I think honestly, it's usually a problem with getting strong women who will work together because female alliances do tend to combust rather than try and work together. I don't know why that is, but. I think they they tend to go for, especially in Big Brother, but they tend to go for sort of bimboish women who hate other women or sort of st- strong women who just sit there despairingly trying to get women to help them. Doesn't that really say a lot about the whole situation of females who get cast for these kinds of shows? That, like, they're, you know, they're taught, like, from, I don't know how, how old they're taught, but, like, they're taught to, you know, see other women as, like, comp- as something to compete against rather than to work with in lo- you know in life in general that's why you know that's why feminism is a thing because because there's that need to not just not just it's not about like making men and women equal it's about it's well it is mostly but it's not like about taking away rights from men it's about giving it's about giving women the same standing as men in society and like you know this is this is like a planned speech it's just like something i'm sort of coming up from the fly because it's just been accumulating over god knows how many seasons of big brother and survivor and all that kind of stuff but like something something that i've hated is like how they always cast the type of women that do com- see other women competition and something to take down rather than like you know work with like you know i gotta say the the um er- you are example of of this probably in the last year is probably pristine from last year's Big Brother, Big Brother US. Like, she did not like other women and she, like, worked with men to get their approval and then, you know, unsurprisingly, she was shut off in sixth place. So what's that? Did you hear um, one of Dan's exit interviews from Survivor? He took umbrage with, with the fact that um, a feminist roundtable had been cobbled together after uh, Will's fight with Shireen and called them out on it, basically. On oh. ba- basically being the antithesis of misogyny was the phrase that he used. Oh no, poor, poor men. Like it's not like you know we have the. It's not like every single male in like the world has an easier path through life than women. It's like on a grand scale, misandry is not a is not a real problem or a real thing. A real thing that anyone can really face. Like. Yeah, there can be individual cases in situational stuff, but like, you know, to act like there's a big conspiracy against men because you're not allowed to, you know, say you want to punch a woman in the face or whatever. Like, what does that say? Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to being rid of this Survivor season because hopefully the public will make the correct choice with Survivor Second Chances and we won't. You give them, you give them way too much credit. <laughs> yeah, we won't have stupid people on there. As long as we we don't have certain people in the cast, I'll be fine. I just really don't want to see people like Brad Culpepper come back. 
Uh, he's, he'd be a better choice than like most like, most of the casts. Like Vetus. Vetus, you should totally come to Cambodia. Vetus or Spencer, even though Spencer's obviously going back. Yeah, Spen- Spencer and Cass are basically locks. Mm. But I mean, come on, we want to see people like PG and Varna and Kaywig. I want to say Va- I want to say Varna if Kimmy's coming back too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you know full well they've both been on my ballots since day one because I want to see them back. Like the only the only like quote old school unquote person I don't want to see back is Terry Dates because that's because I think he's the worst kind of reality television contestant. I'm Savage as well. I don't particularly want to see back just to wind up probes. Well, he's obviously coming back. It's like it, it's the you know it's a quote. I'm gonna I'm gonna be using I'm gonna be using visual, like verbal air quotes a lot, but quote uh, public poll unquote. But that really means that like you know there's a fine print down the bottom that says producers have the have the authority to overwrite that and cast whoever the hell they want, basically. Not anymore. They changed that in the past week to say that the cast will be entirely public voted. Yeah. So basically, if Savage doesn't get on, Probst isn't going to be very happy, but he can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, if you believe that, I have, a, I have a bridge in Brooklyn to tell you. So that would not leave the choosing of the cast entirely up to the public. That's like, there's like casual fans out there who are like, oh, I like, I'll, I'm going to vote for her. Seems nice. Seems nice. Oh, I like that guy's hair. I'm going to, he looks luxurious. I'm going to vote for him. Oh, I recognize that person. I'm voting for them. If you want to see five of the cast from last season back, you know, on, on the current season for no other reason than it was just the season that aired, well, whatever then. Anyway, this is, this is a Big Brother Canada podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. So Willow got nominated because she's a wild card and Brittany doesn't know what she's going to do. And also to try and split up her and Sarah. Which is quite calculating from Brittany, really. And how much, how much shorter time that uh, they had for the triple eviction where she only had about, what, one or probably about a minute to think on her own without uh, Sarah around. And, I mean, this is, goes back to even last week when we were talking about how we briefly saw the conversation where Brittany was already tossing around the idea of nominating Willow right from the get-go of having HOH that night. I'm not surprised. I'm impressed more than anything. Because I think that was a brilliantly awesome move. And I think that See, Bruno, we definitely saw with Bruno that he just completely messed up with playing the veto because he was floating around in the middle, had good relationships with every single person in the house, and then just completely exposes his true intentions by saving Zach and then getting into a fight with uh, Sarah and then isolating himself away from Brittany. And those two were really close. So he just really he went from having working relationships with six other people in the house to being reduced down to, well, I hope, I know I'm close to Zach, and I hope that Ashley and Peely think the same way. Also, it was quite interesting at the start of the week when we saw Bruno go from sort of middle of the rankings to dead bottom as soon as he shouted at Sarah. Where does the Sarah only chat? Everywhere. Yeah, who has been top of the polls for weeks now. I want to know where this, like, image that Sarah is, like, the best, the fantastic game player and, you know, the real force behind the Britney-Sarah relationship. Like, as far as I can say, it's been Britney that's been doing most of the legwork. She's been the one winning competition. She's been the one, like, um, putting all these plans into action. She's the one who got Greg and Kevin and Willow out and now Bruno out of the house as well. So, and all Sarah's trying to save herself from the block ones. And, yeah. So I don't know. I want to know, like, is it just because, is it like the JT, JT Stephen effect from Survivor where, like, Stephen looks like a strategist because he has glasses so people like use that mental gymnastics where they assume that he's the one making the decisions and doing all this stuff because he looks the part 
I think it's more that Sarah is a much more vocal character. And she gets a lot more airtime than Brittany does in the episodes. Like, pretty much all season long, we see a lot of Sarah every single episode. Yeah. Like, we, we don't get anywhere near as many Brittany scenes. So I think it's I think it's just airtime alone that's a huge factor in Sarah's popularity and overall impression versus uh, Brittany. Having said that, if it was a Brittany-Sarah final two, which would be awesome, Brittany would win hands down. And I love that. Like that would be like one of the best final twos ever. Not only that, but all over the world, you count Canada, US, UK, Australia. Do you know how many like non-white uh, winners there have been? June. <laughs> That's only one I can think of that comes to mind right away. Brian Bella. There's been like four or five. There's been June. June song from Big Brother Four in the US. Brian Bello. Uh, 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 Trevor Knight from Big Brother Australia. Uh, Shilpachetti. And, yeah, someone else I'm trying to remember, but I can't remember. Damn it. Yeah, but there's a, out of, like, there's been 50, 58 or so Big Brother winners throughout throughout the, throughout the like, past 15 years, and there's only been, like, four or five of them that have been, like, non-whites. Only two of them have been non-white women. That's, like... So for Britney to win, that would be, like, a huge milestone because, you know... I mean, if we're going by, if we're going by black alone, there's only, been, there's only been two black two black Big Brother winners in the entire, like... Uh, Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Of, like, Canada, UK, us, all the countries that's mentioned. So, like, I re- so, Brittany, win- Brittany winning, to me, would be the best outcome at the end of the season, if that was to come about. But, like, I think we, I'm thinking of getting, <laughs> I'm getting pretty far ahead of ourselves here. We've only got two weeks, Ben. All far. By, fa- by far ahead of myself in that we've, we haven't even, like, finished going, finished talking about the triple eviction recap yet. <laughs> There's not that much more to talk about. Sarah calls Bruno a snake motherfucker. Yeah, very uh, Samuel Jackson of Sarah. I didn't know that she was familiar with the Samuel Jackson quotes. Um, Logan, are you serious? Everyone knows Samuel Jackson quotes. He's like one of the most quoted. He's like one of the most quotable movie stars of all time. I was more thinking Sandra D. S. Twine, but yes, that too. Maybe that's who Sarah was really quoting was Sandra D. S. Twine from Survivor Pearl Islands. That's really where. Get in my face, Bruno! Get in my face, Bruno! Get in my face, Bruno! We saw an unaired quote from Bruno besides the fighting with Sarah, where he was really getting to full douchebag mode with uh, when Brittany's trying to think of the replacement for. Uh, or Zach on the block when she's thinking of nominating Willow, and then Bruno's just on the couch saying, oh, you gun for me, I shoot back. And I couldn't help but think, Br- Brittany wasn't shooting for you in the first place. She was, you were pretty, like, other than Sarah, I'm pretty sure that Bruno was the, was the absolute last person that Brittany was going to nominate during that night. Throughout the season, it's really, it's really been like, um, it's been like two warring sides. It's been like, Ever since, like, at least Jordan's eviction, it's been the diaper alliance versus everyone else. And, like, you know, there's been the people going in between. Like, Bruno and Willow were the ones going in between. Like, on one side, there was Sarah Godfrey, Godfrey, Cindy, and um, Brittany. The other side, Zach, Ashley, Ashley, Kevin, Jordan, Peely. And there was that that, um, thing of Willow and Bruno going in between. And, like, to do what Bruno did and and to, like basically spell out your allegiance to a certain person in front of everyone, that is, like, the worst move you can do. Like, you know me, I don't like talking about gameplay much, but even I know that, like, that's not what you do if you want to, be, if you want to play successfully doing what you're doing right now. 
Not to mention like, that that alliance has been a group of, well, it used to be a group of four, but now it's been a tight group of three for close to two months now, and then Bruno's just trying to enter in there at number four, thinking that Zach is somehow going to separate from them in an odd fashion, which was probably never going to happen. If you're going to infiltrate an alliance like that, you need to be like, you know, credit where it's due, you need to be like Sierra from uh, the season of Survivor. Like, as much as, like, you know, everyone shot on her for, like, you know, going along when she looked like she was, like, the fifth person fifth person in, like, a five-person alliance or whatever, or, or the seventh person in a seven-person alliance, like, she's slowly been make, making her way up and up and up the totem pole. Like, if she, if, like, if, like, the worst-case scenario happens for the you know, for the casual public and, like, I don't know, both Mike and Carolyn leave in the finale and it's Sierra, Sierra, Rodney and Will in the final Tropical Council, Sierra wins. Like, it's not been that obvious, but holy shit, she's, like, been, like, you know, kind of, like, the silent threat for this whole season. Like, you know, I know edit-wise she doesn't really stand a chance, so this probably won't happen, but, like... She's basically the Natalie White of the season. She's basically Natalie White to Rodney's Russell Hatton. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say she would like, um, let's say if, um, all the f- Firefall 4s made the nerd, she, she would be like if, um, if Galu somehow got rid of, um, got rid of Mick, then got rid of a bunch of other people, and then she just like slowly started, Liz just started slowly making her way out of the totem pole and inserted herself into the alliance against their will, basically, because they needed her. That's what I was saying. That's what kind of what Willow was doing. She was like, um, she was silently working along, getting people to trust her, and then like, um, it wasn't like Sarah's gameplay where she's basically like get like reeling people in to um to save herself and save Brittany and save whoever she needs to save. It's like she's working in a way that will get her. She's working relationships. She was was I should say because she's gone now. But she was working relationships that would get her further in the game. But like her only her only real mistake here was being um was the confusion of the triple eviction and being and being like a little too high on a little too low on the safe list and a little too high on, on the hit list. Because, like, you know, if it had been, like, Zach who'd, who won himself the power of veto, Willow would still be there. And Bruno Bruno will probably be gone. Yeah, probably. So, the HOH competition, which I loved again. They have, are really, really stepping up their game with uh, sort of set pieces. Uh, it's just funny that right after Bruno says that uh, Sarah is poison, then they have an HOH challenge called Pick your poison. I'm thinking, hmm, is Bruno just going to pick Sarah for this challenge? Like, what's going to go on here? Ah, 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 ah. But like, what, what, whatever you can say about Big Brother Canada, Canada as a you know show, the challenge is the aesthetic is on point. Like they have they have a look they're going for, and they like, you know, for the ones like the H the H competitions and the 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 stylistic videos that aren't you know spot like. You know, product placement. They really go. They really go pedal to the metal when putting forth that aesthetic. Like you know, just having everything so like precisely themed. Like in this, what's what was the what, are the, what was the head of household challenge called? Pick your poison. Pick your poison. Like having everything be like you know, so like authentically looking instead of like you know instead of like insert Big Brother sixteen insert Big Brother US challenge yeah whatever. Big Brother, make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I love the idea of this, that instead of making them all do the same endurance competition, you make them split into three separate endurance competitions and let them swap if they want to after certain rounds. I just think that's a great idea. So this competition is called Pick Your Poison. Brittany will draw names out of the bag and each person gets to pick their competition, either on the rack, the stake or the stockade. They'll get the opportunity to trade with each other after each round is complete. The last person standing wins HOH. And on the rack, it's Bruno and Zach. On the stake, it's Peely and Sarah. And on the stockade, it's Ashley and Godfrey. And Peely probably thought the burnt steak was just was going to be edible. She didn't quite understand what type of steak it was going to be. No, she just wanted to get off slot. And in the competition, Bruno was targeting Ashley to break up Zach and Ashley. And get Zach loyal to him. It's always a good idea. Another weird love triangle that going on there, you know. Brittany separates Willow from Sarah so she can have Will or Sarah all to herself. And now Bruno wants Ashley out so he can have Zach all to himself. What What's going on this season? I don't know, but Brittany was relishing her hosting capabilities this time. She was loving using that whip. More than Indiana Jones. To be honest, who hasn't been this season? Brittany's hosting was sort of up there with Sarah's hosting of the KFC veto for me. In terms of knowing full well that the camera will be on you whenever you do anything, and just having fun. So, the stockade involves balancing a ball on a thin piece of pipe held up by the stocks around your neck, if the ball drops you out. The stake is balancing on a pole with thin pedal stools, either the classic Survivor Challenge or Lumberjack and Jill. And the rack involves keeping yourself pulled up on a slope by holding onto handles. Classic Survivor Fiji Final Immunity Challenge, uh, classic. Yes, I want them to bring that challenge back because it is one of my favourite final immunities. Minus the vibrations. Yeah, mi- <laughs> minus the vibrations and with with running water as well. Yeah, the, the, the vibrations would have caused Cassandra to fall off earlier. <laughs> and you know what I'm going for there, so... Because <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I am like 16 years old. I'm like 16 years old or something. <laughs> for all you can say about Survivor Fiji, that was a badass final immunity challenge. Just the build on it, having probes turn the wheel. So, does anyone know the Godfather rules for throwing a competition? Number one, have your game face on. I thought it was, number one, start the neurotoxin immediately. Number two, no portable services. Number three, bombs. (laughs) Bombproof shields for me. Number four, bombs for throwing at you. Number five, booby trap the stalemate button. I'm so lost right oh, now. Oh, I get it. Finally. Yeah. I haven't played Portal. You've not played Portal? No, I've never played Portal. Oh my god. Logan, I, I don't know you anymore. It's like the d- definitive game of the two, of the 21st century Portal. The, the, the definitive puzzle game of the 21st century. It's like, that's like saying you've never played Super Mario Brothers, basically. I am not a PC gamer, and I loved Portal 2. Because me and my brother just... Played the multiplayer against each other, one room apart, and just basically kept chucking each other into the goo. And it was awesome. And all I could hear was just my brother shouting obscenities at me through the wall, whenever I started aiming lasers at him, for example. Which happened a lot. There's also physics bu- physics puzzles, so that, they're good too. In the same way that Pull Blocks, or Pushmo, or whatever it's called in North America, is a game that you should play if you have a 3DS. Because I'm playing the 3 at the moment. So the Godfather rules for throwing a competition are get your game face on, start to struggle, and then cry on the bench. And Godfrey is the only person to drop out during the first round after he throws a competition after a few minutes. 
and drops the stockade ball. This is a lesson that uh, Kevin should have really learned, is how to throw a competition without drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, poor Kevin. The difference to me between, like, Godfrey throwing a competition and Jordan or Kevin throwing a competition is, like, you know, Godfrey just sort of has that little wit to it and makes it entertaining, but all Jordan and Kevin do when they just throw the competitions is just brag about it. I'm throwing competition to make myself look weaker and get me further in the game. These people are so stupid, they're the worst players of all time. Blah, 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 blah. I think the difference is that Godfrey will try and win a competition if there's a prize involved. If he can win 250,000 Wyndham reward points or $10,000 from KFC or however much it was, he will go full pelt to try and win that competition. But if there's nothing in it for him, why try and win? And Godfrey's always really good with commentary all throughout this season, really. Once we started seeing him a few weeks ago, you realize that he's pretty much the go-to guy if you want him to comment on any situation that's going on, because most of the time, Godfrey is pretty much right. You know, if I had to, like, name the top three confessional givers of, of 2015, it'd be, like, I'm not, I'm not sure in which order of game to rank them, but, like, uh, one would be Jen from Survivor, two would be Godfrey from this season, and three would be Katya from RuPaul's Drag Race. Look her up. Even though you two are you know, straight guys who aren't interested in, in drag queens, just look 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 up Katya and Katya anyway. Yeah, all, all I know is Ron Paul's drag race. Look her up anyway. After the first round, Ashley and Zach decide to switch, and then everything starts getting crazy. The smoke increases for anyone on the stake, and they've got to climb to a higher foothold. The rack starts vibrating. Big brother, make it stop. And the stockade. I just want to see my family. I just want to see my family. No. <laughs> as much crap as I have given Ashley for basically being just Zach's puppet, yeah, she was pretty funny this week. Yeah, but to think she's only she, to think she to think she's only Zach's puppet is to like di- discount her, like just to take the entire thing at face value because like Big Brother US has a long history of like. Not just Big Brother US, like, or Big Brother Canada, just, you know, a lot of reality television competitions in general has a long, you know, history of, like, this goes, this part ties back into the whole Britney, Sarah, slash JT and Stephen thing I was talking about before, where, like, if someone looks at the part of the strategist, they generally get a confessional saying strategy, but, like, that doesn't make the person, a person they're working with their strategy any less valid. Like, Ashley, you know, she, you know, from what we've seen of her, from what we've seen of her, we, I haven't seen, I haven't personally seen any reason to discount her as a valid member of the of the uh, the Viper Alliance, because like you know she she does well she does well in competitions like um she does well in competitions she puts her ideas forward but like um you know she hasn't been like a pillar where you know it's kind of like frustrating to hear her put sentences together but it's like I haven't I've minded her more than um I've minded her more than Zach and Zach and Kevin talking about how they're controlling the women it's like. It's tinted with a lot of misogyny, which I'm really not comfortable with hearing. But like, I guess kind of by default, she's my fa- she's my favorite she's my favorite member of the Diaper Alliance. Yeah, but until this week, we've not really seen that much of her out of the context of Zach. Yeah, but if you use common sense, if you if you use common sense, you know that you know it's ob- just because she's not getting confessionals, it doesn't mean she's it doesn't mean she's not taking part in the whole decision making process because it's a line it's an alliance of four people. You you can't have. One person sending mess- sending messages through the chain of command. It's not like you know the chain in the in the Amazon. It's like you need to, everyone to be feel like feel like they're making a decision. Ashley, 
you know, the fact that she's still, the fact that all four of them are still in alliance means that they all feel like they're making contributions and decisions together. It's not, you know, despite what the confessionals say, it's not, it's obvious, it's obviously not Zach or Kevin issuing orders and, and Ashley and Peely making, um, following them with that question. It's obvious that Ashley and Peely are making a partisan decision as well. It's just the show has not, has not been showing them because, well, a, they're not very camera, they're not very camera friendly because they suck at giving confessionals. But you know, just because they're women and just because they're just because they're you know in a showman's and an alliance with two guys who are a bigger presence on the show, it doesn't mean we need to discount them from the equation. I just meant that we've not really seen much of Ashley's strategy because of whatever the producers are giving us and wanting to show Zach and Kevin. But it is she. Kicked a lot of ass this week until the Swiss got in a way. Ma- mainly with Bruno going, Ashman, please let me see my family. No, I want to see my family. Bruno really Harrison forded it through this uh, task. Bruno got his leg broken by the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no, just just like the, where's my family? Where's my family? Want to see my family? Uh, sort of deal. That's what I was going for. Well, Liam Neeson. Firewall. Wait, were you referencing Firewall or were we mistaking Harrison Ford for Liam Neeson? No, I'm pretty sure. Isn't that the thing from Family Guy where it's just Harrison Ford trying to find his family and it just cuts to him with Harrison Ford grabbing people by the collar and just saying, where's my family? Bailey comes off during the second round. Sarah and Zach both drop off during the third round and Ashley wins. Hooray! Hooray! Not really, though. Not really. <laughs> Wrong because side of the house And normally Godfrey doesn't care about these people's pictures, but this goblin's got some hot-ass friends. Okay, Godfrey. Which I'm very surprised did not make the quote of the episode from the Big Brother Canada official Facebook page. Well, they choose shitty quotes anyway. Like, for the entire first three weeks, they are up Kevin's arse, so I don't really care what they have to say. And Zach and Bruno are worried about Ashley and Peely making a final two. And what do Ashley and Peely do? Make a final two. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Godfrey goes to each pair and makes a final three with them. That was just great. Everyone totally bought into Godfrey's string of deceptions. Now that the week has been played out, do you reckon he's actually going to make the... Um, do you reckon he's going to stay with uh, Brittany and Sarah? I hope so, depending on who wins H O H. so, because I'm going to stay completely unspoiled again this week. So I don't know who won H O H. I don't know who got closest to 100 minutes. I don't know who who's nominated or anything. I'm not going to give it away, though. Sarah was the target for the week, and Godfrey was told he'll be the pawn by Ashley. And she promises him that he won't go home. Awkward. And Ashley starts getting a bit pissed off that Zach is babysitting her. So, the have-not twist. Canada got to choose two have-nots who would then compete, whilst the rest of the house were locked in the HOH room, for the secret power underneath the have-not room. But they weren't told this at first, were they? Obviously, because it's the secret power. That's less fun. (laughs) Over-the-top prison scenes for like five minutes before that. This is a great way of doing this twist because they just thought that Canada hated them. Another cruel twist for Big Brother Canada this season just just to think that they're super unpopular and they'd be like, nope, gotcha. Psych. Michael, you've you've seen like, um, you've seen like Big Brother's Five, you know, the season where Nadia won? Yeah. You have to agree that the cruel Big Brother is the best Big Brother, right? Well, yeah, obviously. If you haven't seen that season, one of the things they did was like um one of the things that I distinctly remember was um they call someone to the diary room and then um and then so and then um just like either kept them there for like an hour 
which like said, Big Brother, remember this punishment and get back to you. And they're, they're completely confused what they did wrong or something. What other cruel things did he do in that season? Well, my favourite Big Brother UK things are always the... Here's a seemingly easy uh, task that splits up the house into two teams. Oh, by the way, the team that has the crap conditions, yeah, they have a secret room where they can go to, like, a hot tub or a pantry filled with lots of food. I'm talking about cruel Big Brother, though. Cruel, as in, like, you know, making taking away Nadia cigarettes and, like, having a breakdown. Or, or making they, them, like, repack their bags or whatever. Or when they start taking away uh, prize money, that sort of thing. Oh, God damn it, kitten. Anyway, if you, if you haven't gotten it so far, like, you know, because I've watched I've watched a fair bit of Big Brother UK, and Michael obviously has as well, we're kind of already used to Big Brother being very cruel to its contestants. But we established this at the start of Big Brother Canada 3, that Big Brother was going to be a bit meaner, and we like that. I can't remember what we, what we talked about eight weeks ago, so... <laughs> I can. So, nominations were... The uh, shortlist was Brittany, Bruno, Godfrey, Sarah, and the nominations were Godfrey and Sarah... Are they going to be able to do, like, um, the shortlist next week? Um, yeah, I suppose they can, because they'll still be... They won't be able to do it during the double again, but they'll be able to do it the first one, because there'll be six people in the house, won't they? I don't see the point of shortlist this week. Like, say Brittany or Godfrey or Sarah won, like, all it's going to... Or, you know, the, the house is split in three and three, so I don't see the point in, like, having the shortlist, because it's going to be like, huh, I can nominate I can nominate one of the three people on the opposite side of the house... Or I could nominate one of my one of my allies for no reason whatsoever. Hmm. Like if if Brittany won, like um, if she if she put Godfrey up, I have no reason to put up Godfrey, but I don't. Tr- I might not trust him for some reason. Big three actors spends. Hmm. It just seems rather. It just seems rather pointless to have him like in at this point in the game. As of the double eviction, it's all about winning competitions now to keep yourself safe because. Final six is the last time that the HOH really has any power to choose who goes up. Yeah, you don't want to win the you don't want to win the head of household at the final five, do you? It's usually the worst time because then you can't even compete for final four HOH, and then you're stuck with a very good probability that you're going to be out at four. So Zach was ecstatic that Ashley did exactly what he wanted. Godfrey wasn't planning on winning POV because he's the eviction escape artist, and there are three things in Brittany's life that you don't mess with. Her family, her friends, and her money. Can we just talk about how you know Britney is the Britney is the ultimate porn star, and Godfrey is the eviction escape artist, and they both escaped eviction this week? Yeah, it's like it's like I don't even know what to compare that to. That's just like awesome. Yeah, let's just go with awesome because we're because I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm liking a um, thesaurus right now. So Ashley was worried about lying to Sarah as well, and she burps. <laughs> she she burps when she gets uncomfortable. That is. <laughs> she should not. That that is a very bad poker tell. If uh, Ashley were to be a poker player, well, Bruno was sitting right next to her. It's reasonably uncomfortable. I'm sure Kevin would love to play against uh, Ashley and Bobby. Bobby's just so easy to read, and Ashley burps whenever she's lying. So I have a secret ace of spades that I can yeah, use all in Kevin the w- next three oh. hands. <laughs> yeah, but all Kevin was talking about. Oh, I'm playing against idiots. They don't know how to play at all, and then they get like a straight flush. This game is stupid. It's rewarding the, it's rewarding the idiots. Uh, you know, rinse and For all that we say that Sarah is not the mastermind in hers and Britney's alliance, she has a very good read on people. Yeah, her her main her main attribute is her hustle because she's able to get she's like you know Godfrey versus Jordan. She was able to, she was able to help get the numbers to save Godfrey. 
you know, it wasn't, you know, she was, she was a big part in that. And that's her main attribute. Like, um, if she, if her back's against the wall, she can rally people to her side. Like Brittany is the, Brittany is the one I, I think Brittany is the one that's best at like visualizing plans and putting them into action. And, but Sarah is the one like getting the numbers. Yeah. I think, you know, it's fantastic that they're both on the same side. And they have been for this entire game, and hopefully they'll be the final two. They'll hopefully, hopefully survive the double eviction. <laughs> so, Zach lies straight to Sarah's face about Godfrey being the target, and Sarah saw straight through it. Yeah, non-committal, non-committal when you're being asked this sort of questions is like the number one way to like make sure nobody ever, nobody who you're t- like, talking to trusts you. Like that is the that is the precise reason that Nick got evicted in Big Brother US 15. Because he refused to give Alyssa a straight answer. And so she was like, oh, bye. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, we're down to seven and the game's over in two weeks, but I haven't really thought about what I'm going to do this week. So the Power of Veto competition, uh, as HOH actually actually gets to play this week, as well as Godfrey and Sarah, the nominees, and Bruno, Zach, and Brittany, who were drawn by the Haskess, which makes Peely the host by default. Oh, God. Actually, that's the point, because it's down to final six this week, the veto should be a, a big build, because it usually is at final six when no one's hosting. Can we talk about Peely's posting, hosting abilities? There might be a little bit of... It's it's a bit uncomfortable to talk about, because, you know, English isn't isn't her only language, and it's probably not her first language, but, like, uh, that girl was not meant, to re- not meant to read things off cue cards, or teleprompters, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to try and avoid this topic, too, because that's all I had the whole time was thinking Peely might be the worst host for a competition I think I've seen on Big Brother. It's not a like too much of a jab against her as it is against the jab of... As it is a jab against the format of Big Brother, which doesn't really allow her to, you know, do something there was that doesn't no sound other really awkward. Yeah, no other choice. Yeah, I think if there was another choice, they probably would have gone with it. It would have been funny if producers suddenly said, uh, right before Peely was going to host, and say, oh, and we're going to have a special guest host this week. We're going to have Gary. Gary's going to host this veto competition. <laughs> Peely, you can just sit down over there. Big brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Peely. I know we all like to, I, I know not so much like, but she's getting prone to being picked on generally online and stuff, but it's, you know, it's it's the way that editing goes, I guess. I think that Peely probably will be around till the final, regardless of who wins. Yeah, I'm going to feel bad if she ends up being just uh, the final two goat at the end and doesn't get any votes or respect from the jurors just because of who she is. That would just, that would be tough to watch, cause, just because I don't think she really deserves that. Just with knowing her personality overall, that that would just be, it could be a bit too brutal psychologically for her to go through. Yeah, like you know, she's a, she's a nice, she's obviously a nice person. She's caught up in an alliance that's opposing every single person, every single person in Canada's favorites. But she's not like a bad person per se, or an annoying person. She's just like sort of not a very TV ready person. And I mean, honestly, she's my second, she's my um, second favorite out of the diaper Alliance, but that's not saying much. No, she's my second favorite out of the diaper Alliance, but that's because she does seem like a nice person. And she does like, um, basically she seems like a nice person. And that's really, that's really enough for me. 
So this competition is Carl Pinnit to win it. The house watched a video showcasing 25 Ramada locations. They must take it in turns to place pins in a map of Canada. The more that they get correct, the more it will help them in the second part of the competition. Well, again, did, were half those actually cities or just syllables put together? I have to jump in on this one because one of the... It's not a city, it's like a village. But one of the villages they listed that there's a Ramada hotel is called a 100-mile house, and... I have aunts and uncles and a couple of cousins that live there, and it is probably one of the smallest towns that you can find in BC, and somehow it has a Ramada location. So I'm thinking, there's no way that any of those other contestants have even heard of a 100-mile house. It is it is that small. Pretty much everything is closed after 8 o'clock in that town, just because there's, there's absolutely nothing to do there. They usually scamper off to another larger town like Kamloops, or they come all the way out here to the Okanagan where they hang out in Kelowna. But, uh, yeah, 100 Mile House is very small, and I am amazed that it gets referenced on Big Brother Canada. And it ends up that Godfrey has two correct, Ashley, Brittany, and Bruno have four, Sarah has five, and Zach has six. And it's probably been 30 years since Bruno was in high school, so he's probably forgotten his geography. Oh, another biting piece of commentary from Godfrey. And don't forget that Regina is the city that rhymes with fun. Glad to say Canada is just as, you know, immature as the rest of the world. <laughs> they just have the, like, the facade of politeness and niceness to cover it up. And house guests earned one bowl for each city that they got right. In each stage of round two, house guests competed to get a bowl in one of the letters that spells out Ramada in a giant plinko board. The last person to do so in each stage will be eliminated, and the last person standing will win the power video and a quarter of a million Wyndham reward points. Bruno has the yep. most fitting quote for this competition. He says, uh, like right near the end, he said, you know what, this competition is 100% luck, and that's what we signed up for. And that is great foreshadowing for what happens on Wednesday. Good for Sarah for finally winning a video competition, but like... I guess there's a little bit of skill involved. Like, you have to know where, which way to put the ball and which guess, kind of guess, which direction it'll bounce in, I guess. But, like, you know, go for She won a pachinko competition. Can we just get straight to the wonderful Sarah quote from this video competition? <laughs> there's a wonderful Godfrey quote first, which is, Right now I got less balls than everyone else, but the Godfather's two balls can make up for Zach's six. <laughs> There's a lot of Zach deformity quotes in this week, actually. And then Sarah does say, I cannot wait to get this D and shove it in Zach's A. Sarah wants to D. I'm sure Ramada must have loved that their first sponsor of Big Brother Canada resorts to uh, that type of humour. And also Zach shouted, come on baby, give me that D. Which ironically in my notes is right after Sarah's quote. Yeah, Canadians are like stealth funny, aren't they? Like I said, they have the facade of being polite, but then they have like, hey, hey, um, and they have like, hey, Zach, want me to squirt in your mouth a bit? Come on, Pe- come on, Peely, I heard, I hear Kevin loves loves seafood. <laughs> well, Logan's proof that you know not all Canadians are nice all the time. <laughs> Logan gets in with us about being a bit of a dick's people. Hey, Logan, Monocron Cherie. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, the great thing about talking about people who are married to professional athletes is all the luxuries that comes along with repeatedly mentioning that these are people married to professional athletes. 
See, like, and I, like, I disagree with you. I think that, like, the fact that they talk about it off, that can be, that can actually be funny. That's, like, that's why they're not, like, you know, last Big Brother 4, uh, Amazing Race 4 for me. Like, that's sort of, it's sort of, like, reached the point where it's sort of, like, self-parody, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I get to go through it all over again with Amazing Race 19 and, and uh, Imani getting to repeatedly talk about football all the time. Yeah, it's nowhere near as bad with, as with Monica and Shuri, I don't think, Touchdown! <laughs> so they, have, they have like the good sense to be funny with it. There's a four minute video on YouTube of just somebody who cut together all of Armani's uh, uh, football quotes from the Amazing Race 19. And also, right before Amazing Race 19, you've got Australian one to go for, and Australian one's awesome. Oh yeah, I, I guess good. they would talk about a different type of football in that season. And you get to finally find out about Focus, Believe, Achieve. And Alana and Mel. Yeah, Alana and Mel. Which you know, you've got a subject. You're not allowed to make jokes about that. <laughs> Oi, hey, <vey>, Michael. <laughs> which is going to be funny, because otherwise you might have another racer calling you an asshole on Twitter. Wonderful. We've set up been saying it for like three or four years now, but the real trade is Australia Two. So yeah, if you liked Australia Three, you're going to love Australia Two. Yeah, Australia 3 was kind of a watered-down version of Australia 2. Australia 1 is kind of in the middle in my estimations. I think my order would be 2-1-3, but only just. Hashtag 2-1-3! So, Ashley was eliminated in the first round, Bruno was eliminated in the second round, Brittany in the third, Godfrey in the fourth, and Sarah won the power of veto when she beats Zach to the D in the A. And then after the veto, we finally get the reveal of the have-not power. And now my only ally is going on the block. Nothing short of a miracle can save me now. You want a miracle, Sarah? You got a miracle. You get a miracle. You get a miracle. Everybody gets miracles. And Sarah cries at the prospect of being a villain. Frowny face. And Brittany gets a bit sassy with Canada. And then, you know, all the money that they put into the have-not room with, like, the spotlights and the safe rising from the floor. But Sarah can't see it without her glasses. And they finally realise that Canada doesn't hate them, and that they must secretly head to the vault, where they will be shown three mathematical problems, leading them to a six-digit code, which unlocks the code for the safe in the have-not room. The first person to type the code in wins the power, and has to keep it a secret from everyone else in the house, including their closest ally, who they've just competed against. You know what the funniest part about the whole safe coming out of the ground is that they spend all that money uh, on the set, on the spotlights and the safe slowly emerging, and then after all this happens, they have this just cheap little thing rolled down with the instructions from the ceiling. I thought that's a that's a real big step down. Where can they go next season as well for hiding stuff in the house? They obviously can't hide it in um, in the have not room anymore. They can't use the vault room. Had it in the diary room. Uh, season three of Slurry Big Brother. Like you know how they had um, the first person to go to the diary room had to like could get crawl through a thing and they could like um, that secret task that was they could like um, that or whatever where they could, they could see they could like had a tape and they could see someone talking about talking shit about them in confessional. Like Caprice got to see John talking about talking shit about her, and then it like it you know she fumed over it and then she eventually exploded onto, onto him. <laughs> so Brittany wins the challenge and the power despite the ribbons. Those nasty, filthy ribbons. And she has at least one diamond power veto and can perform a full coup d'etat if she chooses. And if she reveals the power to anyone, she will lose it. And we get to see her skills at fake crying as well. Pretty good fake crying. What would have happened if Sarah would have won HOH? Because 
she wouldn't have been eligible to be a have not. So it probably would have been Britney versus Godfrey. And if Britney would have still won, then Sarah would have got a bit pissed off at her using a veto or a, a coup. Well, it just would have meant that somebody else from the Diaper Alliance goes anyway. Like they, Sarah probably would have nominated Bruno and Zach, and then with Brittany's power, she probably would have just taken Zach off, and then uh, and then Peely or Ashley would have been up, and Bruno goes anyway. Yeah, what I would have done in that situation if my ally was HOH, I would have just you know told them about the power. But you can't. Yeah, if you do, you lose the power, but you don't need the power. So it then just negates it. I think in the instructions it said that you're in, you can be instantly evicted if you reveal that you have the power. Right? It's the same deal that they told Kevin with uh, the instant eviction. Well, that's less fun. Spoil sports. It's how they keep. It's how they keep people in line. Like you know, um, they do it. They do it a lot on the, on the Australian one. But they like basically if, if a production favorite starts to bend the rules, they conveniently ignore the rules. But like, um, they're like, hey, don't do this or you're leaving. Like, don't reveal the secret or you're leaving. That it's like it's like instant. Like um, it's probably not a very good thing because like it's you know to do the very first thing to like lowball them with like threatening to evict them from the other house immediately is sort of like you know you have got nothing else to threaten them with. So Brittany needed to pretend that being on the block for the fifth time was heartbreaking to her, and Godfrey campaigns for Sarah not to use the veto to not hurt poor Ashley's feelings. <laughs> Don't make her nominate another person. You've already done enough damage to Ashley for one week. Look at the despair. She's already burping. She's already uneasy at the thought of another (laughs) nomination. And Sarah obviously beat us herself and is replaced by Brittany. No hard feelings. Not the pawn this time. And then the fun episode of the week. All the eviction stuff. This was really a character assassination for most of the Diver Alliance and Bruno as well. I have a question. Do you think that with when Sarah and Brittany were doing that whole chase for the power thing around the house and everybody else was locked in the HOH room, did they think that anything major was going on? Do you know if that came up on the live feeds at all of, of the five of them just suspecting that Sarah and Brittany probably did something to like some sort of competition? I'm not sure because you'd think that if two people were being isolated that something was going on, but maybe they just have the occasional HOH lockdowns for everyone, but the have-nots and the have-nots have to go in the have-not room. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, despite what you can say about the people that kind of the production team, they wouldn't, you know, do something completely out of the ordinary that could risk exposing a major twist. Maybe, like, the excuse was that they're, like, I don't know, a, a light bulb was broken and they, and they need to send a team to repair it or something. And, like, at night, it's convenient to lock all the contestants, all the normal contestants in the HOH room and all the, and the have not, and the have not room. Yeah, I'm not sure what time of day it was they were running this, whether it was actually during the afternoon or whether it was evening. I'm pretty sure it was night because Brittany and Sarah were trying to sleep. Well, they didn't have any mattresses in there though, did they? Yeah, but they were trying to sleep. Yeah, I assume they would probably... I thought at first, like, why isn't there anybody else now? Because this was before they revealed that everyone was sequestered in the HOH room, so I thought, oh, maybe it's like 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning when they're doing this. But even then, I'm thinking, eh, it could have still been that time because house guests love to stay up late anyways and sleep in during most of the morning. As we found out last week with Zach and Kevin's punishments. Indeed. Uh, so Brittany picks everyone's brains to work out who to nominate in her place, and Zach blatantly tells her to her face that she's a threat. And Bruno does not. Bruno, uh, Bruno once again probably screws up for about the 
fourth or fifth time in the past week. Bruno uh, wants no one to play emotionally after the eviction. Oh, Bruno, I hope that you live live up to that promise. And Brittany considers Bruno being the replacement after he can't give her a straight answer. And Ashley doesn't know what province she's in after we discussed that last week with Mr. Sargwa. Okay, we'll stop. We'll make sure you can get a job after this. It's Kozak. And Brittany needs to psychically reassure Sarah without telling her what's going to happen. And Godfrey gets probably my quote of the week. I'm not trying to be mean, but talking to Pilar is one of my least favourite things in the house. And once again, Pili is thrown under the bus. Yeah, she's getting an interesting edit. But unfortunately, Godfrey gets blood on his hands in the process. <laughs> Sweat on his hands, I think, in this case, with all those with all those push-ups. I like how we're completely destroying the whole... All these cliches of, like, blood on, blood on the hands, target on the back, thrown under the bus, um, best for me and my game, all that sort of stuff. Just like, I'm really glad that we're not going to be covering the UK or US seasons. Because <laughs> just the bitching about throwing under the bus and that sort of thing would get quite boring. I don't know, I just want to, I want to cover the UK season just so, like, um, just so we can, just so I can, like, fawn over, like, the greatest female of the season again. Like, you know, a la, a la Alex or Dina or Gina or Ashley. Or Eileen. Well, she's not the greatest. Yeah, that's even not over. Like, the greatest usually makes third place or second place in the case of Ashley. And we have a new alliance formed. The Generals, which work out as about, about as well as the Generals against the Harlem Globetrotters. So, very fitting uh, short-term alliance name. Uh, it's Bruno and Zach. That went well. Wah, wah. Yeah, that really was not a good idea. We're gonna bulldoze this man. We're gonna bulldoze this. I told, I told B that she has a she has a great personality would win a personality contest. Oh, this is great! Can't wait to see my family. Doesn't great personality usually mean you're ugly? Um, I guess if you ask uh, Daphne and Celeste, that is a possibility. You've got a lovely personality. And oddly enough, a... A pers- the lovely personality is exactly the reason why uh, Brittany pretty much gets this power in the first place. So, a uh, great personality does go a long way. Great personality is like, you've got a beautiful face for radio. You're very nationly. She's probably got a great personality. Guys love that from behind. You're bubbly. Bubbly's fat and annoying. So, Sarah gives Bruno one last chance to tell her the truth and work together in the future. He responds by shouting at her, and once Brittany walks in, digging himself a big old nomination-sized hole. But at least they got to eat a freaking burger. You can't beat a burger, guys. And the jury house. More amazing Cindy and Jordan scenes. Cindy really was the best castmate this season. Yeah, she was. Like, it's, it, you know, I know you just supported her at, at first because of, like, you know, you knew she was going to, you thought she was going to go early and you were right. But then she came back and she, like, made the biggest, like, game-changing move of the season, which, like, sort of set forward the house and made sure, made, made, put the season on the right track. And then it's like, you know, this season sort of lived and died with her and I can't really see it getting, getting as good as it did that week again. No, unless we get a Britney or Sarah win. If we get a Britney and Sarah win, the season probably goes up a couple of points. Oh yeah, we're getting we're getting a Britney and Sarah win. They're rigging it hardcore. Uh, so Cindy's very high maintenance towards Jordan, and obviously because she took part in the HOH competition, she knew that Kevin won HOH. And Jordan really believed that Bobby had a secret power of ear. Oh Jordan, you are oblivious. You got duped by Bobby. How does it feel, Jordan? Oh Kevin, you are an asshole. Um. <laughs> Uh, like, I don't even, I don't even see the need to, like, you know, you're out of the game with the, 
with the four of them as well. Like, there's no need to, like, act like you're the best player there when you didn't... You're not even the highest placing player there. Like, Willow outlasted you. So, you know, eat some crow. And Bobby's the one who spread the room with was an old girl alliance, basically leading to Willow getting evicted. You ruined my life, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That's actually... Like, out of all the stuff, that was probably my favorite quote of the week. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, from what, from what little we've seen of Willow, because she hasn't, she, she didn't get much screen time this season, that, like, perfectly encapsulates her, like, overdramatic, but, uh, like, you know, overdramatic to the point of needlessness. Bobby, you ruined my life! <laughs> I like how they all speculated that she was going to be final two as well, just because they were thinking along the same lines as we were, that Willow was pretty much riding the game perfectly, but she pretty much just got caught, well, won by a huge twist, but also that Brittany was really the only one on to her as to what was going on. And Brittany only really nominated her to keep Sarah over herself. It's also funny with, like, with Jordan and Cindy being at the jury house together, with Jordan being made to do everything. So, you know, we we saw Brittany have a whip earlier in the week, but I I think Cindy works the whip a bit, bit a, a lot better than uh, Brittany did. As long as it's not a Jeff and Bracky situation. Mm, that that's that's very true. Or if there's a a yummy or a a dinner with a yummy mummy in the room as well. So the eviction. Uh, why on earth did Arissa get to reveal Brittany's power? That's half the fun of her standing up and going. Oh, by the way, bitches, two safe necklaces, suck on that. Imagine if, like, if like Sarah Brittany win at the end of the season, and then we all do a rating out of ten, and then Michael posts a rating saying, oh, it'd be nine out of ten, but it, it would have been a ten if uh, if uh, Brittany got to reveal her power on eviction night rather than Arissa. This season isn't even close to being a nine out of ten, though, so there's no need to worry about that. <laughs> this is legitimately something that I will gripe about with this season, because... The whole point of a secret power is to keep it secret until you use it, rather than have Arissa go, oh, by the way, guys, you know when you were locked in the HOH room? Yeah, Brittany and Sarah were competing. It kind of takes half the fun out of Brittany being able to stand up and go, yeah, safe necklace, Zach, get your ass up here. Safe necklace, round Godfrey's neck. Bruno, get your ass up here. Have fun, guys. By the way, Bruno, you're screwed. <laughs> XOXO. Why did she choose Zach and Bruno as well? Zach is the pawn and she wanted Bruno out. Seemed pretty straightforward to me. I wouldn't have put those two up, though. If I wanted Bruno to go, I probably would have put up Bruno and Peely. But what about yeah, but the Zach, old guys alliance? Yeah, but Zach going, Zach going would still be a good alternative. But if, like, Peely went, it'd be like, oh, that would have been, like, a waste of power. Yeah, true. And Sarah took over Kevin's mantle trying to flirt with Arissa. And she shut that down. Yeah. Hi, Arissa, you look black. Please vote to evict. It's no golden goddess, sadly, but... Yeah. And they are all votes to evict... Bruno! He gets to see his family. Yeah, he gets to see his family briefly. And then, you know, gets shipped off to the... Off to jury house. Who wants to see him go to the jury house? Nobody. In fact, we'd rather hang ourselves. So, the HOH competition for next week is called 100 Minutes of Hell. Each person must stay lying down in a box and must hit the buzzer next to said box after they think 100 minutes has passed. There will be some distractions during the challenge, I'm assuming involving creatures as well, like cockroaches or something, because it looks like an I'm a Celebrity Challenge, but the first of which seems to be cold air blasting in their faces. The person who hits their, close- their buzzer the closest to 100 minutes, whether they go over or under, will be the new head of household. 
And I like to see the, the return of this challenge. This is a classic Bibbly US challenge that they've abandoned for a while now. And I'm very glad to see it back. Peely knows it's minutes, right, this time. Like, she's she's gotten over that last tiebreaker for HOH. Like, she's not going to be there for, like, ten hours or something like that, waiting to press the red buzzer. Peely thinks that they've got to lie in the box for a hundred hours to sort of sleep there whilst cockroaches are on them. And It has to be, like, one of those montages where it goes from, like, spring to summer to autumn to winter, you know? Like, almost almost like King of the Hill intro-esque type thing, or uh, or the dog in Futurama waiting for Fry for 15 years. That, 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 oh, that sort of deal. Don't bring that up. My heart can't really take so much. Yeah, that is pretty much the most depressed. That was I saw that episode when it aired, and I was only 9 or 10 at the time. And being the dog lover that I am, that episode took me like weeks to get over because that just that just that just hurt my spirit in general. I'm I'm still not over it. So who do we think is going to be evicted next? Guess we're going to be down to our final four when we uh, podcast next time. As I predicted a couple of weeks ago, we are getting another double eviction in week nine, and then obviously final four, final three, and final two will be done in week ten. So, who do we think are going to be the victims of our final double eviction? Um, I think the first. I think the first victim will be Ashley because I think they'll try to get rid of Zach. But they'll save him. if if Godfrey and um, if Godfrey and or um, or Sarah or Brittany win the win the head of household, which I think might happen. If they win the head of household, like try to go after Zach, he'll win the veto, and then um, Ashley will be the, the the next target. Who do you think will be the victim of the double? I think one. I think one of Sarah, Brittany, or Godfrey. I'm going to go for... It's going to be Zach or Ashley for the first one. And I think Godfrey for the second one. I will have to go against that. And I think, yeah, Zach, I think Zach will, will go. And then uh, probably Brittany is going to go next, I think. I think those two will be walking out the door on double eviction night. And finally, who do we think he's going to win? Willow? Brittany. I, I think Brittany. I think Brittany or Sarah. Godfrey's going to take it. He's all alone. He's working everybody. He's going to get all the way to the end. And the final question, who will be in second place? Peely. Sarah. Peely. I think that it's going to be a Brittany, Sarah, Peely final three. And whichever one of Brittany and Sarah wins the final HOH will cut the throat of the other one in a John and Nedda style. It's just tough for me to picture a scenario, even if there's... Because we're pretty much all done with the uh, twist, other, well, other than a stubble eviction, but done with, like, a twist-o's twist, because this yeah, last that... week was the last one. So I think that there's really not going to be a scenario, no matter who wins HOH from each side of the house, because we're essentially three versus three right now. I think pairs are essentially... Uh, done for the. I think Paris was more of a thing for last week, and now it's just three versus three. And then, like, if Sarah and Brittany are still alive after this round, then they have to be broken up. And then, if like Zach or, or like Ashley and Peely are alive after this round, they'll have to be broken up. And I just think that no matter how it breaks down, that Peely's probably going to be brought to the end. Yeah, I, th- I think Peely will be the goat or the sort of easy jury win. But I think. Sarah and Brittany will get together to the final three and then compete for who's going to have the right to take Peely, basically. So, anything else to add about this week? No, I think I think covered it. So, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week for our penultimate recap episode of Big Brother Canada 3 on Yankcast. If you want to follow any of us on Twitter, you can do so at the handles down below. And you can join the three of us to recap the finale of Amazing 26 on Sunday. 
See you next week. Hashtag Bye. 250, hashtag Okanagan 250, peace. Hashtag super Logan, I swear to God.